0: Papa, papa, be in the movie with the horses. I love the horses, okay. Papa. Okay, okay, Billard. I'll i be in uh, Bill Hidalgo.
1: No, No, no,
2: okay, little Vigo. We gotta
1: start Listen to me, little Vigo. <laughs> yeah. Listen, little Vigo.
2: I will be in the horsey movie. Hey, we you have to clean your room. We clean your room. We
0: go Junior. Clean your room. You must. Do the. D-
2: we go, no. we go, Junior. Do the dishes for your mother, Vigo. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be in the horsey movie. <laughs> and don't do you lie. Settle so up, Hidalgo.
1: For all of you who have not seen an actual interview with Vigo Mortensen. <laughs> when he's not in character, that's what he sounds
2: like. Yeah, I'm going gala. for the
1: ride.
0: Yeah, rushing all the way. You can go as fast or as slow as you want.
3: I'm going to ride. Yeah. All
1: right. Ben just looks so displeased right
3: now. No, I forgot. I forgot I had to write the synopsis.
1: Oh. I forgot which movie we're doing. That's Yeah,
3: I thought we were doing
1: Hidalgo. Um. Welcome back to Hidalgo Cross-Sections, the only podcast dedicated to the movie Hidalgo
2: hey, I'm Today cool we'll be going through minutes 55 only, and 56 The, the only sci-fi <laughs> podcast dedicated to the film Hidalgo Starring Wego Bortensen <laughs> Wego Bortensen <laughs> Wego Bortensen So I just
0: thought that the movie would be better if the horses had jetpacks <laughs>
1: This is how I came up with Bidalgo. Welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross Sections, a weekly podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. It's me, your sci-fi boy, Colin Brandon, and with me tonight is
3: Jason. I am Ben Young. Andrew is back. I'm back
1: for real. Jesus, what you mean? It's like two, three episodes now. Mm, I don't remember. Four, five.
3: Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't know either. I was almost trying 100. to take my record. Yeah, I was
0: on the hundredth episode. The last Wait, one you did so- was
3: Terminator, probably. Hmm.
1: Do we all get a hiatus? Because I would love to just take like a month. Yeah, do it. Yeah, no, I
0: can't. I didn't take a month. I'll be in charge. Yeah, no, I, wait, hold on. I was editing this you whole took, time.
2: Yeah, he week. still
1: did stuff. You take the occasional week, and the
3: occasional week is actually pretty good.
0: I promised uh. myself I would never be on an episode where Kyle Holmes was featured.
3: Oh <laughs> shit! He was supposed to be on this tonight.
0: <laughs> yeah, he told me he couldn't make it. <laughs>
2: Oh, did he? Okay, good. Because I forgot yeah, to ask him. I asked Colin about that when we were getting set up. <laughs> I was like, sure. I, I actually like,
3: didn't talk to him about it. I was like, it's too late now. Yeah, I this totally late. Like we did Kyle's tell him to, come, we told him to come on, and he just he never reached out. So it's as much on him yeah. as it is on us.
2: Sure, that's right.
3: Just uh, uh yeah. blame the victim. Got
2: it. took a poo-poo in our Cheerios and said, screw you guys. I'm going home. Anyway. you Cheerios? No, I don't even All right. Right. Anyways.
1: Tonight we are talking about the what is this, 2010? 2010 film Hunter Prey. Hunter Prey was written by Nick Damon? 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 I don't know. Damon? Nick Damon. Maybe. Man. Who knows? And Sandy Kalora? cholera. Cholera?
2: Colfax. <laughs> like the disease that killed millions. Mm-hmm. Right. Well
1: <laughs> Thanks, Sandy. Uh, but it was also person. directed by Sandy Cholera. Uh, it is starring Damien. See, that's a different way to spell. Uh... Okay, anyways. Damien, uh, Damien Poitier. Yeah. Poitier. 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 Sorry, guys. And Isaac C. Singleton Jr. Oh, finally, we have a budget. The budget
2: was, can anyone take a guess? $500,000.
1: $50. Jason, that was a pretty good guess, but no, it is $425,000, so I think Andrew wins it. Um, This movie was not released in theaters, so we don't actually have a box office for you, and if you've seen the movie, you understand. Uh, Ben, what is this movie about?
2: Aliens
3: transporting a human prisoner crash on a planet. The hunt begins to regain the prisoner before the extraction team arrives. But as the aliens give chase, the lines between hunter and prey begin to blur. It's hunter! It's you like that? I wrote that in yeah, like it was thirty good. seconds. Yeah. I'm, That's very good. Yeah,
0: I'm not gonna lie. I did not realize that those guys were aliens at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> they took off their no, helmets. They're supposed to. Yeah, they
1: took off. their helmets. I think helmets. that was the point.
0: No, yeah, you're the to be. alien
1: was the normal guy. But the tra- That was cool. Trailer, that was like one of the.
0: The trailer gives it away that it that it's a human the whole time.
2: Oh, I didn't watch. Wait, that. did you watch the trailer on Arabic YouTube or did you watch <laughs> no. when, when... I did watch this uh, I, this I heard that like... one gives a little bit more away than uh... Yeah, No, this movie's incredibly
0: yeah, hard to find
1: apparently. Yeah, so for for those of you listening who uh represent or are part of uh, either NBV Productions or Montauk Films, we did not pay for this movie.
3: <laughs> we couldn't. We, we I wanted tried. To. We I I
1: really tried. I I wasn't about to order a DVD. No, we wouldn't have had be of Hunter Prey. Now for the podcast. If I
2: could have watched this movie in like 480 quality with somewhat decent audio, I would have happily paid to stream that.
3: Here's the thing: like, even if we were going to have to like order the DVD, I think it's all secondhand. I think it's out of print now.
0: It's like fifty. So like.
3: They're not even—they're not even going to see their money for it at this point. So like, they can't get mad at us. Uh, but just so they, just so you all know, if you are listening to this, because I'm going to tag as many people as I can, because I'm sure they're on Twitter. Uh, if you are listening to this, your movie is bootlegged on YouTube.
2: Just a heads up. With Arabic subtitles.
1: Yeah. Arabic
2: subtitles, <laughs> and I don't read
1: Arabic, but I assume they got it
2: correct. You can literally count the pixels. In the, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, by the way, the <laughs> <a> stream also.
1: <laughs> I, I wanted to see what would happen because sometimes, like, the audio was a little hard to hear. Um, mm-hmm. I did turn on idea. a. I did turn on the YouTube like trying to just d- decipher what the audio is actually saying. And it's oh, some weird shit that YouTube comes up well,
2: with. It's like, well, No YouTube, that's not what they just said. The entire first like fifteen minutes of the film, like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Because <laughs> I had to turn my soundbar up to like almost max just because they're on they all have the helmets on at that point. And they're like <gasps> and i was like oh shit this is gonna be really hard 90 minutes and then like when they took the fucking helmets off i was like okay i can at least follow along now i kind of know what's going on but i thought i was gonna have to like follow the synopsis on wikipedia just to know what was going on in the movie but um which is a shame because like i said i think um generally if this was more widely available or there were other options and i swear back in the day like, didn't this stream somewhere? This was on Netflix. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I swear, I, I saw it on Netflix. That's where I, I watched you know, it, know, yeah. Walking through the, the sci-fi recommendations, like, I know that I saw it, yep. or I saw the thumbnail for
1: That's it. That's where so. a friend of the podcast, Kyle Holmes, saw it, and then he recommended it to me, and I watched it immediately. Uh, this was, like, 10, 11 years ago now. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was on there.
2: Yeah, I remember seeing it, but, yeah, very... Very difficult, especially when it's uh, the Monday before we record on Tuesday, and it's like one in the morning, and I'm like, I'm going to watch the movie now, and then it's like, oh, where do we find it? Uh, <laughs> you, don't. That's back when all, that's, you don't find it.
1: That's back when all Netflix had to offer was uh, Star Trek Into Darkness and some George Clooney movie. Mm-hmm. That's when Hunter Prey was on there. Yeah. It's not the powerhouse that it is
2: now. George Clooney is in the sequel.
1: <laughs> of Hunter Prey or Star Trek Into Darkness? Both. Both. <laughs> God damn, he's so he prolific. Gets around, man. He's so prolific.
2: He's a good looking man. All right.
1: Uh, so all right, so boys, I know that we all went into this in a really weird way, the the pirated oh version God. that we were forced to watch because this movie is not readily available. Um which we would have paid for if we could find a way to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um I know that's really rough, but overall, gentlemen, how did you fare during this 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 uh viewing, I should say?
3: I'll go um, look so I have a soft spot for independent films and this is about as independent low budget as it gets like yeah $425,000 but I assume most of that was spent flying the cast and crew out to Mexico and and lodging them like and then yeah. the, the special effects makeup which right off the bat I do want to say um, the Sidonians makeup Awesome, looks great. I really liked it. I thought it was neat and uh, it, it looked real. It moved properly, which was good. Um, and it reminded me a lot of like the. You could see the love in that kind in like the makeup and the armor and the things like that. Like Sandy and Nick very obviously cared a lot about what they were making. And that's where a lot of the effort went was in the makeup, in the armor, in all of that. Um, you know, and because of that, some of the other stuff uh, suffers. Um, but as a as a sci-fi special effects makeup movie, like I I I enjoyed what they had to present. And my my biggest issue is, and I think we were talking about this going through going through in the in the chat. Was that like? This feels a lot more like a short film that someone gave them some money to develop into a feature that probably just shouldn't have been a feature. It was just, it was so much longer than it needed to be, and it clocking in at an hour and twenty minutes, by the way, so much longer than it needed to be, Uh, because not a lot happened. It was a lot of just chasing and being chased, chasing and being chased, chasing being chased, and then. All of a sudden, the the, the tables turn and, and all that stuff. Like, you could have cut out the whole middle of the movie, and I think it still would have been great.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Um, first of all, with everything you said about this, um, the makeup and the special effects, uh, whatever budget they had for specifically for that, not counting transportation and everything else, I think they used it very well. Um, but I, I would agree that the whole, like, baton handing back and forth between the two main characters happened a little too frequently. Um, I enjoyed it still, but yeah, there was something kind of a little lost there. Um, they did it way too many times to be honest. So
2: the, uh, the first thing that I thought of when we kind of got into like the meat of the story after, you know, the crash land and then the kind of, uh, like ancillary characters start getting killed off was it's basically enemy mind. If you guys remember that movie, the uh, the the Dennis Quaid classic from the eighties,
1: yeah, with the the, the, the two guys,
2: yeah, that crash land, basically uh, you know um, <clears throat> pilot, human pilot, enemy pilot, land on a planet and kind of you know uh, have to sort out their differences through the course of the runtime of the movie to survive. You know they kind of see each other's point of view and you know maybe at the end like they're not um, best buds, but they kind of have more of an appreciation for what the other person kind of, uh, you know, how they came into this conflict or how they came into this, um, you know, uh, situation that they're in now. So it definitely drew a lot of influence from that. I think to kind of like circle back to what Ben said, the issue for me was, so I actually really, I, I ended up enjoying the movie a lot. I thought kind of like going in when they were wearing the the Boba Fett armor and stuff in the beginning, it was mm-hmm. kind of a little rough, a little cheesy, and I thought once the uh, the armor got ditched by uh, our character, uh, what is it like? Uh, Atari uh, 7. Jason, no, uh, uh, Jason Placebo, or what's his name? Orin, Orin Jericho? Jericho. Orin, Orin <laughs> Jericho, yeah, that's, our that's man that's Orin what Jericho. I,
0: I like, he took his helmet off, and I'm like, is that Viggo Mortensen? <laughs> <laughs> what a cool fucking
2: name. Like, if my last name was Jericho, mm. i hope my parents named me Orin. You know, you can't be like ted ted jericho or something like that like this kyle, doesn't work I kyle, kyle jericho. jericho yeah no, no kyle jericho i kind of i kind of like ted jericho
3: that sounds jericho. like a,
2: that's a senator that sounds like a guy who's that's gonna a, be a fun hang on, day hang
1: on hang on hang on ready jed jericho
2: yeah that's a future statesman right there mm-hmm. <laughs> ted ted jed jericho um Clap, that's a please. senator right there <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I enjoyed, uh, the movie overall, but I, I kind of would have to echo what Ben said. And I think that's like the, the crux of it here for hunter prey. Like it didn't have enough meat to the story to justify being an hour and 20 minute long movie. I think, you know, half hour, 35 minutes might be pushing it. Um, and there was enough there for that, but there was a lot of like philosophizing and, um, kind of, <sighs> It, it was a very scattershot message I thought the movie was, was kind of ultimately going towards. or Like the thesis of the movie was very scattershot where it, they could have done so much more, I think, over the runtime, if they chose to go with the longer runtime to develop a lot of those ideas. But it just seemed like they were very, you know, you know, here's kind of where we're going and um, hopefully it sticks. And I, I thought some of those ideas did. And I kind of liked what they did as uh, the homage to kind of the um, enemy mind thing of like, hey, you know, this is your enemy. But what makes this person your or, or alien or whatever entity your enemy? Um, and is it really justified? I like that. But I just thought, um, given the, the runtime of it, there could have been more development there. And that was kind of like the the biggest flaw, I guess, from my point of view.
3: You're right. It's It's tough. I think this might be our shortest episode ever, because like no, there's not a lot to. S- that's not true. There's not a lot to say here. There really isn't. Like <clears throat> it's, it's about two. It's about a bad guy and a good guy turned bad guy because of what happened, and like I I think we can all agree that like Orin Jericho is is kind of taking this role of like mad scientist right like he's taking the role of kind of super villain he wants to pilot a a, a bomb a, a a bomb ship into the sidonian planet because the sidonians blew up earth and the Sidonians are objectively bad for what they did but it's always like it's like the lines are now blurring on like what is good and what is bad because what? like he is just doing what they did you know like he is he's he not really actually he he's not proving anything except that he's just as bad as the rest of them
1: well that's that's kind of like the age old thing it's you know it's, it, it's old but it's it's still i think brings a certain amount of uh, importance there is you're perceived as the bad guy the other side but if you actually take the time to understand who your enemy is you'll find out that they think what they're doing is right or justified um to the point where like both these main characters well you know i, I will kind of say that uh, you, i think you're meant to think that orange jericho is the protagonist here And Centauri 7, even though he's more of the main character, is actually supposed to be the other side, I
2: guess. I don't know. But, um, oh, Jesus, I lost what I was going to say. Well, so that that whole thing.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's it, basically, yeah.
2: Um, Well, that whole thing kind of, you know, like, I would say the, the pivotal scene for me. And the execution was a bit goofy, but. When they sit down and uh, Orange Jericho is, um, you know, basically, I think they're awaiting like the transport or whatever. And they kind of have that conversation between um, uh, what's his name? Hold on. Centauri 7. Sorry, I was going to mess that up if I tried to do it off memory. And uh, Orange Jericho, you know, they're sitting there having a conversation. And it's kind of like, at least initially, it seems like it's like a growth moment. Because before you find out, like, the conceit is that, you know, they're both playing each other. It seems like, you know, uh, Centauri 7 has kind of um, appealed to Orange Jericho to, like, you know, give the coordinates and do all that sort of, you know, thing. Like, t- tell us where the ship is and, you know, cloaked space or whatever, what, what uh, quadrant it's in to avert this. And it seems kind of like that moment of, like, growth. And then that's kind of like stripped away. And then, you know, they play this back and forth game for the remainder of the runtime. But it actually kind of made me think. I just read a book. It was called Think Again by Adam Grant. And it was really interesting because the book itself dealt with a lot of like the psychology of like relearning and how people are kind of ingrained in their ways of thought. And one of the things that it kind of um, discussed were, were different ways, like, you know, if someone has a different. Viewpoint or a different opinion, you're really never going to win them over by being combative and just kind of beating them over the head with facts and all. Oh, this is why you're wrong. It's not going to work. It's kind of more of like appealing to that you know person's nature, appealing to something that's going to appeal to them, not making them feel like you're making a decision for them. So it's kind of weird that I picked that out in that moment. I was like, oh yeah, because like it was a really good scene of kind of uh, of that in practice. You know, it was Centauri Seven talking to orange Jericho's character and saying like, Oh, you know, my family and, you know, they're all innocents on the planet and, you know, kind of that thing. I thought it was kind of funny. Cause like I, I was playing off multiple ways of, you know, that scene kind of taking place in my head. And I was thinking like, what would have been better? Would it have been better if there was some sort of, even if it wasn't necessarily that, and it was, you know, that um, the bomb ship actually got found and, you know, it didn't blow the planet up or whatever. And then maybe Centauri seven lets, us Jericho go like if that was a potential ending for the movie or if we got what we ended up getting where it was kind of a lot of back and forth and kind of silliness I think like I don't know it would have been better but it definitely made me kind of think that was like the one moment in the movie that really you know I kind of had multiple paths where I kind of grappled with it a little bit but beyond that I think it was pretty straightforward in terms of its themes and you know kind of what it said as a sci-fi piece what do you think Miller
0: oh you know, I, I'm 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 kinda in the same boat because I was like, uh, you know, I'm on the fence. Do so I want to even try watching this, you know, goofy sort of version of this movie where it's like, okay, yeah, it's like four eighty P tops, you know, crazy the the sound for me was awful. It was it was almost it was almost that's almost what got me. Uh but as I'm going on, I'm about forty five minutes of the way through the movie. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is actually kind of compelling. I'm a little bit invested. I think it was uh, right when they switched. I think it was right when they like revealed, like, oh, shit, the prisoner is human. That's when I was like, all right, I'm invested because now what's going to happen? Um, I, I did have to sort of break it up into two separate viewings. Um, I watched the second half at work today. But I was talking with Kyle, and I mean, like, he, he loves this movie. Like, I'm sure he would have loved to have been on, uh, on the episode. But it's, it's strangely, it's strangely compelling. Is it a little bit like long in the tooth for what it is? Yeah. There's a lot of shots where they're just kind of sitting around talking to not Cortana, um, just sort of hanging out. <laughs> that's clear clear name. Clea, Right. That's right. Cle Cleetana, Cleetana. Exactly. Yeah. Clita- yeah. And and she's she that doesn't quite start out having like a sassy sassy Cortana personality, but she gets there. But you know, I I it's 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 wild, just that this low budget movie actually had like a decent story to it, decent sci fi too. I mean, I mean the, the the reveal with the aliens and the man they they had like those little like disc men, like little like mini disc players or whatever that uh, had their AI helpers. That was pretty cool stuff.
2: Well, I, I kind of agree with you because mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know anything about this movie going into it. So literally before mm-hmm. I clicked on that, you know, strangely subtitled, uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. thumbnail on YouTube, <laughs> I had no clue. So like the moment where yeah. he's revealed to be a human actually was a good reveal for me. Cause I had no clue. Yeah, I didn't right. watch a trailer. Oh. I didn't, you know, so it was kind of like, Oh shit. Okay. Well, that's actually kind of clever. Um, To that end, uh, when you said kind of uh, a lot of shots where it's just, you know, some kind of random, uh, you know, scene or whatever, they kind of hang on it. I just think of like when uh, uh, Orin is uh, like running up the cliffside and like the sun setting and it's just like the cheesy like X-Files, Bear McCreary, like synth orchestral thing (laughs) and it just that's like 10 minutes (laughs) (laughs) and that was so goofy i I was i literally laughed uh laughed out loud when i was watching that but but i think the crux of the story is solid though it is um as ben said though 20 minutes ago did not need to be a feature-length film and if it was Mm -hmm. going to be a feature-length film i think they really needed to flesh it out you know, even with just the two characters, I think there's a lot more you could have done with that. But I think um, there has to be more substance there. I don't think the story as it was is enough to really get that across the finish line.
3: <clears throat> the most egregious thing, and I know you were about to say something, Colin, I just want to say the most egregious thing is that it's, it is as long as it is and it doesn't actually end like oh, oh you weren't gonna yeah, get a sequel out of this so, so that's exactly where i was
1: gonna go is i wanted to see how you guys felt about the ending because you know there's not gonna be a sequel i think they knew there wasn't gonna be a sequel when mm-hmm. they wrote that ending but what, what do you guys think of that i, I in, a, in a weird way i just want to say i kind of like that ending because while you know they're not gonna get a, a sequel i feel like they leave it to the viewer to kind of maybe come up with how this would play out which I feel like is always a nice thing to do. You know, it doesn't have to be definitive. We want resolution a lot of times. I always do. That's why I watch my, you know, police procedurals all the time is because the episode starts and it ends and that's it. But um, sometimes in this case, I, I do like that I can choose how it ends.
3: I'm willing to forgive the ending if this was what they were going for. And I'm not, I'm, headcanon isn't enough for me. So, like, I'm gonna say that this might be what they were going for, but I don't know, you know, sometimes when you when you need, to, and I, I'll get to it, I promise, but sometimes when you when you're trying to interpret a, a, a storyteller's story, you need context on who the storyteller is and what they've done before. and i've never done I've never gotten that before for any of these people. Perhaps the reason the movie doesn't end is because this is kind of uh, a, a, a Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner situation. This is going to be what they do forever. They're going to ch- One of them is going to chase, the other is going to eventually get caught, then the tables will turn, and it's going to be that again, and it's going to be that again. Like, neither of them win by the end of it. They both, one is stuck on a planet, the other is stuck in orbit with nowhere to go. And so it's like they both have fought to this stalemate, and now they are kind of like they are kind of the best of what each of their race has to offer. One of them being the only at that point. But you uh, know so I mean. yeah, there's not much
1: choice on the human side.
3: Yes, uh, but well, I, I do, I do like this idea. Like the comic book fan in me loves this idea of these these two aliens that hate each other this human and this alien that hate each other and that are just constantly fighting across the stars I think that's a really fun idea of just like until until one or it seems like it makes the most sense that until they both die together hand in hand one day
2: well so just
0: constantly double crossing each other
3: <laughs> yep
2: so after <laughs> after the credits there's actually a deleted scene oh really it's it's
1: all
0: in
2: arabic true ending it's in arabic but jeff bezos (laughs) actually flies the bomb ship into the sidonian home world and destroys it so at this Uh. point both of our main characters you know canon they're still alive so we might still get a sequel to this
1: yeah just saying (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. They all set it up for the sequel with Jeff Bezos. Oren was not
2: um, the last human. In fact, that
1: four hundred twenty-five thousand dollars literally came from Jeff Bezos' uh, left pocket. That's the cash he had on at the time. He's like, "Yeah, just take this, make a movie." Um,
2: <clears throat> I think he was going to the dry cleaners or something. He tipped uh, Sandy malaria at the uh, at the uh, the coffee shop. <laughs> Sandy Malarian. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sandy cholera. Sorry, you D- got me. don't be mean to him, no, Sandy. If
3: you do listen to this, we do this. Just no, so Sandy. You know.
2: Sandy, here's the thing. I will say, you made an, a great movie for for like what what the the budget was, kind of what the scope of it was. It was very well done, and as I think Ben said too, like special effects, um, makeup effects were great. So I, just, I think. Yeah, just...
3: I, I was speaking specifically to making fun of his name. We do this. I just need to be clear because, like, I see Sandy hasn't done much in, recently, and, like, so maybe Sandy might be like, oh, wow, someone's talking about Hunter Prey. I'll give it a listen. Or maybe they're, they are a smart filmmaker and go, oh, someone's talking about Hunter Prey. I'm not going to fucking listen to this.
1: No. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sandy, if you are listening to this, um, you made one hell of a movie. I'll just tell you that right now. For what you had, you made yeah. something... Shiny and amazing. I will say right now, whoever did your uh, like costume design deserves more than what you gave them. Just saying. Because I'd, they I would knocked imagine, this out of the park.
3: I would imagine it's Sandy because of that budget so low. And I say this because I think Psycho Gorman had a higher budget. And I know for a fact the director did all of the costume design. Like, it, he had a team, but he did the design. Yeah. Um, he had a team help building it, but his team, I think, I'm pretty sure, consisted well, of his
2: friends. Yeah. One so, of the cool like trivia things that came across is that all of the like weapons, like the guns, were Nerf guns. Yeah. And yes. they were they were actual oh. like store bought like Toys R Us Nerf guns that they converted Great. and painted, you know, creatively to kind of make them look like, you know, uh, these sci-fi weapons of kind of suit that needs of the hell film. Lot cheaper. but like, I, I love that. And I think that's kind of like the thing with, with a film like this, with a budget like this and kind of the scope like this, like that's what I think we've railed against in a lot of our episodes. When we kind of talk about when, you know, um, the opposite is true and you have the two hundred fifty million dollar budget. I think having a shoestring budget like this, it really does force the creatives to be creative and to, you know, do a lot more with less and to, you know, make it happen because that's, that's what we have, you know, Hey, we have, we're in Mexico, (laughs) we have people, you know, we have a script, we have people, we have a camera and, you know, we're going to kind of pull together whatever else we need to do. And they did that. And ultimately I, I thought, you know the first 10 minutes yeah maybe a little shaky you know i was kind of like okay what is this gonna be but no by the end of it i i did i enjoyed it
3: um I'm flipping oh sorry no go ahead yeah go ahead i was just gonna say that i'm flipping through some i'm flipping through some interesting things here um first of all i wanted to share the trivia that the the person voice acting clea uh, is the same woman who played Wilma Deering in Buck Rogers. Yeah, Aaron Gray. Yep, 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 yep. I think that's exciting. Uh, Slyak was Sandy Cora so that's cool. Yeah. Um,
2: well, well, He played that role, I guess, because whoever they had like cast for that role couldn't show up that day. <laughs> so then he like made up the alien. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, apparently, because uh, I, I kind of was looking at trivia as well, and uh, from what I heard like uh, or, or read... I guess he just, like, stepped in and just kind of, like, made up the the language that uh, Slyak speaks, like, on the spot. Like, that was all improv as they were filming it. Which, that's
1: actually impressive.
2: Which is pretty cool. That's awesome. You know, so. You know he's a DM. Oh, definitely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: And then I wanted to say that uh, he, so he's he has a pretty large background in design, and... He claims, it says claims on his Wikipedia page, uh, to have designed the logo for Jurassic Park. And his designs can definitely be seen in Men in Black, Dogma, The Arrival, The Crow, and Predator 2. Most interesting of all, that I think is really, really cool, is he made a Batman fan film that was originally just a demo reel for his direction, for his directing. Yeah. Is this the
0: Batman versus Predator one? No. This
3: is called Batman Dead End. No. That's Batman versus Predator. Is, is it? it really? <laughs> yeah. That movie's awesome. Yeah, and yeah, and Kevin Smith. It's like a
0: little like, ten-minute ca- thing. It's. Kevin great.
3: Smith called it possibly the truest best Batman movie ever made. Uh, <laughs> it's
1: so good. Well, <laughs> that's it's actually that's actually thought to be one of the best Batman
3: movies yeah. ever made. Yeah. I think I have heard of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see this logo here. You, with the you can't do it. I saw guys. it. I've probably yeah, seen you know, it at some Uh point. Yeah,
0: I bought like a DVD of it from. Uh, do you guys remember Dreamtime Collectibles in Shererville?
1: Uh, yes, you've referenced this before. I know you have. Have I? Maybe. Yeah,
0: it's. It was like a little, like um, it was like a little uh, vintage, like collectible shop, and the dude that like ran that place had uh had this on DVD, and I bought it from him for like, it was not much. Like it was, it was just. Probably like a a ripped copy, but it was uh man I've watched that probably dozens of times. Like it's got somebody playing a really good Batman. There's a guy who's a really good Joker, and then the fucking Predator show or the uh yeah Predator shows up and fights Batman. Hmm. I did not realize that was the same guy.
2: Yeah, uh, it is. And uh, well, I so I think like ultimately that's the thing. Like we we kid you know like we'll, we'll joke around as Ben said like at the end of the day, I think we all enjoyed the movie for what it was. I think that the biggest takeaway would be that it was a short film that was extended to kind of feature length. Right. But like, yes. o- other than that, it was very well done, especially for what it was and, you know, what it cost to make. Um, and, you know, it's a shame. There was never another, um, you know, iteration of this or a sequel or whatever, but I mean, it was kind of, you know, the writings on the wall with this type of film, but I think, this sphere is kind of really where I don't know. I feel like the potential for sci-fi, especially in like cinema, kind of lives. Because, you know, we we've seen like a lot of these really high budget, high dollar um extravaganzas, visual feasts that we all love so much. <coughs> Tomorrow <you know? laughs> Well, yeah. Um, you know, but no, like, okay, the, the Blade Runner 2049s of the world, you know, um films where Money's not an object, but maybe it's not going to make that back and it's a gamble for the studio, but, you know, visually and story-wise and acting-wise and whatever, it's great. I feel like so much more is possible in this sphere when we're talking about this type of money. And I think this is at the low end of, you know, even what would be like an indie film, you know, sub a million dollars. I thought that what they did with kind of the resources they had was, was great. And I think, you know, seeing that level of uh, inventiveness is is really refreshing. And, you know, I I can't name them off the top of my head, but I can point to a number of films that were, you know, kind of similar in scope that I thought were among the more memorable sci-fi films I've seen in the last 10 years. So, you know, I think there's definitely a place for this type of film at this level of filmmaking.
3: I could say that for sure. Like, if I ever see a DVD of this thing out there, I'll definitely grab it. Uh, I'd love to watch it as it's intended to be seen.
2: Seven twenty p.
3: I guarantee this
1: movie was probably filmed.
3: Uh, uh the, the they movie used was the red on a, camera it, it was on it was filmed on a red yeah. so oh, okay. it, well, they right. probably wow. have a
2: 1080p out there so that's where half the budget there's some 8k shit out yes. there <laughs>
3: uh yeah for 18 a red for 18 days that's that's a good that's probably a good you can in see. 2010 uh a red for 18 days in 2010 was probably a good 50k i'm sure see orange jericho's no uh,
2: nose hairs Uh, including like
3: lens rentals and stuff like that Uh, yeah probably around 50k Um,
1: and whoever the cinematographer was uh, Ed Gutentag he liked to do a lot of fucking shots he was all over the place with that
3: yeah I mean well this movie didn't need to be shot in 18 days I could say that right away Uh, but they had the money to do it and that's (coughs) what's important Um, it helps to be spread out like that
1: they knew how to use the money they had yes that is
3: what uh, i think is the best part of this movie when of, like echoing off of what jason said i'll never i'll never ever ever rip a a movie that like is not all it could be but is low budget like like when it, when a movie like this exists they did the best with what they had and especially when it comes out like this where it's like yeah that was fine like you know it, we didn't get something hor- horrible out of this like i i can't help but like not i i can't rip into this because i know i know where they're at like the issue our, i think and i think i could speak with ever speak for everyone when i say this our issue is when these these studios get all of this fucking money and still there's like nothing like like 2036 origin unknown didn't have half the creativity this movie had <laughs> like it was garbage. And how much money did they have? And it, that was still an indie film. Like, that's the thing on that. Like, that was still counts as an indie film. Um, well, th- this was it up now. better
2: than The Tomorrow War. Yes, absolutely.
3: Uh, yes. 100% I mean, better seriously. than Tomorrow
2: War. You know, and, and they're separated by what? Probably $150 million? But or... well, that just goes to show,
1: it's like, give money to good filmmakers and they will do mm-hmm. something with it.
3: Well, as
2: long as they the maintain record,
3: that vision. For the record, the cowards over at Parkgate Entertainment and Headgear Films will not release their fucking budget. 2036 Origin Unknown. 2036 your- Budget Unknown. is you know,
1: Origin Unknown. You know, most of that budget literally went towards just
2: getting Katie Sack off to be
3: on the I bucket. don't believe that. <laughs> well, I don't no. believe that.
2: That, that your answer is in the title 2036 it was 2036 dollars
3: oh, oh well, that's oh. impressive then okay you clever bastard uh yeah
1: Ugh. yeah all right boys let's go around the table real quick let me know if this was a good sci-fi or a bad sci-fi i think i know what you all kind of feel in terms of being a movie but just your final thoughts and the final good sci-fi bad sci-fi jason
2: uh, so I thought it was good sci-fi. I, I thought it was a, uh, you know, a tried and true kind of premise for a movie it's been done before, but I thought, uh, as Ben said, you know, for the, what they spent on the film, I thought the, uh, kind of like the vision, every, everything really did come together to make a solid movie. I think my biggest gripe would be just the length. I don't think it's a, an hour and 20 minutes worth of content. I think this would have been like a phenomenal 35, 40 minute long short film sub-feature film. I think, you know, that that's really the only thing I could levy at it, but it definitely shows a lot of heart. It shows a lot of creativity. And I thought, you know, in terms of sci-fi and what we look for in sci-fi uh, or good sci-fi, I thought it, it, it measured up. You know, it, it definitely asks a lot of questions about what it means to be human, comparing that with alien kind of philosophies and everything else. Um, and I thought it, it did an admirable job. It wasn't perfect by any means, but it definitely grappled in its own way with those theme so good sci-fi solid movie good sci-fi
1: all right thank you jason uh ben young i think i know what you're here to say but i want to hear it anyways
3: yeah echoing jason's remarks entirely uh i think that that pretty much sums it up uh sandy if you're out there we i'm sure we'd love to chat with you uh reach out to us let us know what's up uh i know we don't have many viewers but i think many listeners rather but i think you we can call them viewers so, uh, go ahead and reach out. Good sci-fi. It's good sci-fi. Uh, it was. It has aliens. It has. It has. You know, as I talked through the ending more, I and as we talked about the Wiley e. Coyote Roadrunner thing, I I feel like that's what it was. I really do. Like I I talked through it. And I was like maybe. And I'm like you know, that that works. It really works. Of these these the hunter prey. You know, these two characters will always be hunting each other. And one will, one will always be on the bottom end of that uh, for the rest of their days. Like one is committed to destroying the other's planet and the other is committed to killing him. So, or or grabbing him alive at the very least. So yeah, good sci-fi. I think that's, it's fun and creative. All
1: right. Thank you, Ben. Andrew W.S. Miller.
0: I think this is good sci-fi and this is it. I'm glad we all like this. I think it's a better movie than it deserves to be, you know, uh, low budget, bootleg, Arabic subtitles, <laughs> notwithstanding, you know, I, I had a good time. Um, pretty compelling. Yeah, that, that length is a little rough, especially when you consider a lot of shots are just kind of wasted, but it had, it had cool bits. And it this is more more sci-fi than some of the other things we've reviewed on this show. Like we've definitely reviewed some things where I'm like, well, I mean, we have, we've got the the rating, not sci-fi for a reason. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good, good, good movie, good sci-fi. All
1: right. Um, yeah, my final thoughts: I liked this movie the first time I saw it. I liked it again when I watched it uh, this morning. Um, the quality was a lot, a lot worse than it was the first time that I watched it. But uh, I still enjoyed it. I actually. Got to the end, and I was like, fuck, that is still a good movie to me. It's long, and I 100% agree with all of you, and it's, I think it's way too long. But they nailed it. They really did. Sandy, uh, as Ben said, uh, we'd love to talk to you about it, because this was fantastic. You had a very limited budget, and you were able to crush it out of the park. You did what you could with the money you had. And again, whoever did your costumes, whoever like made the little little gadgets, the little, all of it. That was fucking amazing. Well done. Ben, you look like you want to say something.
3: Yeah, I uh, I just had one quick thought that I wanted to say and oh my God, I forgot. Oh, I remember now. Uh, I do want to say that I think the bootleg quality added a little something to it that it did not have. It mm-hmm. really made it feel like this was some like 1970s VHS <laughs> that someone found. And someone's like, yeah. oh, my God, what is this, like, ancient artifact? And, like, because it, it, there's something about the quality that just kind of dated the movie a lot further back than 2010. And I'm looking at clips and, like, images of it online, and I'm like, wow, that looks like a whole fucking different movie. <laughs> <laughs> so there's really something to say about running shit through a compressor fifty times then uploading it to YouTube at 480p. There might be some art form there. That's all. I just wanted to say that.
2: Yeah, that's kind of funny. I, I'm gonna say something else, but to that end, like it kind of added to it, because here's this movie that like, okay, it's it's 1230 on, you know, a Monday night. What am I getting into? I, I have to watch <laughs> this movie on YouTube, you know, like, okay, fine. And then like you I think because of that you go into it not wanting to like it and then when i got about halfway through and it's like as miller said like okay uh, yeah solid okay you know whatever and then like i finished it and i'm like okay i'm not mad that i watched that like cool that's more I can I Saber know. tomorrow war cuz you know i finished <laughs> that movie uh, in a similar time frame and was uh, a little upset about it so um <laughs> but no i just wanted to say that like i, I think if uh, if if our boy sandy does reach out I think we could film a badass sequel in Northwest Indiana.
0: Hell yes, that'd be fine. I'm just saying, I've seen
2: what he did in Mexico with that red camera in 18 days. Sandy, can crash in my basement in uh, Southern Northwest Indiana, and uh, we can, you know, get some some cool, you know, scenes, whatever backdrops, whatever. See if uh, Mr. Damon Gary? Potier and uh, I know uh, Clark Bartram is uh, he's like a weightlifting guy now. Mr. Really? Orange Jericho. That's oh, yeah, he's, he's ripped. Oh, it makes um, sense
3: that he'd be ripped then.
2: Yeah, he is. Um, well, Gary then, has little, some great backdrops
3: for, like, urban Ser- Sedonis environments. Yep. could do that. Let's yeah. do it.
2: Collab 2022 is going to be Hunter Prey 2. I'm calling it right now. We'll yeah. make it happen.
1: Sandy, I know you're uh, you're trying to kickstart another, another movie right now, I think. I don't know. I think 2015 was the last time. You've stated that. I don't know. But we can do one now. We can do one now in Northwest Indiana. You're going to love it. It's great.
2: I'll forge Miller's signature and we'll write whatever check you need, buddy.
3: Hey. He, he, he kick-started it and it came out for the record. Oh, it did? Yeah, 2017 it came out.
1: Oh, Shallow Water. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, largest boy, Largest wow.
3: campaign in the horror category. That's actually kind of
1: cool. All right. Well, Sandy, you want to do another sci-fi? We're here with you. All right. Uh, That is all we have for you guys today. Um, If you haven't seen this movie, you made it this far. What the fuck? Um, But you should definitely watch this. Hopefully you could find a a good solid version than we did. Though I I do like what Ben said with uh, kind of the rough quality kind of made it seem more, Mm -hmm. you know, old school that it actually was but eh, regardless I think you should check it out uh, next week uh, you guys need to prepare because we're finally going to do a good time travel movie edge of tomorrow Jason literally smiled <laughs> that was
3: a couple weeks that was actually scheduled for a couple more weeks out but I figured since we had just talked about tomorrow war that like I'd move it up because
1: <sighs>
3: man I hate that movie
1: yeah that movie fucking sucked and, chris yeah get rid of chris pratt about and about put him. a real a real lead in there with tom krill
2: emily blunt yeah oh. all i'm saying is jeff bezos <laughs> sent me an email saying that he couldn't refund my 10 bucks for my prime subscription because he didn't have any money and the motherfucker went into space today that's all i gotta say i'm done <laughs> jeff, we see you we see you jeff we see you i Jack. know you're good for it jeff I know you're good for also, it. What's with Jeff he didn't Bezos- even have the
3: audacity to just stay there. What's with Jeff Bezos
1: coloring his hair to look like Sean uh, luc Picard? That's fucked up.
3: That's fucked up. He hmm? should have it. colored his hair to look like a Vasarella.
0: <laughs> he, he should go get assimilated into the board.
3: <laughs> what if Jeff
1: Bezos went, went up to space literally like a sari that, like, a <laughs> We're always wait
2: for- <laughs> Jeff Bezos just comes down, and all of a sudden he's a Borg. It's Borg Jeff Bezos. This resistance is futile. <laughs>
0: Jeff Borgzos. Jeff Borgzos.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we all. I, I, I had the recent realization that the Expanse is Jeff Bezos's favorite piece of sci-fi, and he definitely hates all the Belters. So fun fact.
1: Uh, so that that the main money for that show is through Elcon Entertainment, which is owned by the founder of FedEx, I believe. That's weird. Yeah. So you think if they were buds that Amazon would just go through FedEx, but no, no,
3: no, no. That's not how that works. Don't do that. Nope. I don't want to see my Amazon package showing and, up. On if you actually FedEx look truck. in
1: season two of the expanse in the first episode, you will see like pods flying oh, through space. Yeah. that have FedEx on
3: them. Yeah. 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 I yeah. remember that. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's funny. Weird things. All right. Anyways, we, Neither here nor there. All right, folks, that's all we got time. So until next time.
0: Let's go get an Orange Julius. What is that?
3: Oh, they're they're like a mall
2: smoothie thing. Yeah, it's like a a Dairy Queen. Orange mall smoothie. Yeah, Yeah, they're pretty good. That's exactly what it is. I'm sorry.
0: Uh, Yeah, I I just remember. It's like just Orange Jericho. uh, Orange Jericho (laughs) reminded me of that. Orange (laughs) Orange
1: whip. Orange whip. Three orange whips.